I think uh, I think this is what it's gonna uh-huh. sound like if I'm talking. It's gonna sound real good. If I'm talking, will it sound like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome back. <clears throat> I uh, I got my booster shot. You on did Friday, and now I'm infected with rat disease. Yeah. Uh, so has your Wi-Fi been oddly working better than it was? It, it, it is. Um, <laughs> my skin is starting to get a little bit scaly, too. Oh, okay. You know, that's definitely probably the lizard um, DNA that's in there. Um, definitely. As to the dead babies in the vaccine, <laughs> I, um, I'm, not, I'm not feeling that yet. Right. I wonder if that taste comes later. You don't or... feel Satan's grasp on I, your soul? Not yet. Not, not I yet. don't feel the mark of the beast yet. <laughs> but I, I, I will say this. Um, you coughed, and it was a joke. <clears throat> but dead ass this weekend, I've been fucking so sick. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Everybody in my house got sick as well. I just, I, I, I remember my second shot. I got a fever. But, like, mm-hmm. this completely, like, mopped the floor with me you know like i i had a fever i like had Mm. nausea i had like headedness at one point i and i i don't know if this was because of the vaccine or just because i was feeling nauseous and kind of anxious but like i my vision got spotty i had like a little mini like panic attack thing that's not good yeah i know it was terrible um but I'm, i'm feeling much better today and if it means i don't get covid i mean i'm i'm pretty happy to do that because i from what I hear, like COVID is just like one of the worst things to experience unless you have like an asymptomatic experience. Like mm-hmm. if you get it and you get any symptoms, like your lungs supposedly feel just like they're on fire and shit. Like I don't know. Did you ever have it or did anyone in your no. like close circle ever have it? So I theorized that I had a lighter form of it when it first started because right when the pandemic kicked in, I got really fucking sick and, and was pretty much bedridden for about three days. Um, and it was like the most sick I had ever been. Uh, but I could still breathe and everything was fine that way. But I definitely couldn't taste or smell things. And it wasn't until nearly a year later that I realized. I was like, oh, yeah, I probably contracted a little bit of the COVID. Um, but I haven't. No, I didn't ever like officially like get it. Like I didn't go get tested. Um to see if I had it because that was when we were just going on lockdown so I was like well I'll just stay inside and quarantine I guess yeah in case I do have it because at the time I was like nah it's not COVID it's, I'm just got like a flu or something but looking back like yeah it was it was probably COVID but yeah I haven't gotten it since I just got sick the other day um and my whole house got really sick uh I think just from like the weather change honestly it was some bullshit yeah, that I, I I mean like the season change and the pollen in the mm, air and whatever yeah. that always kicks my ass around this time. I I actually that was my COVID scare was I got a sinus infection last year because of my allergies and when I went in, you know, pretty much step by step they couldn't rule out COVID. It's like it's either a sinus infection or you do have COVID. <laughs> yeah. So it came down to the test. And I w- I've only been tested for COVID one time, but I will never forget how that fucking cotton swab oh. felt up my nostril. And they want you to breathe in, mm. too. I, I, like, gagged so violently. Like, I, they <laughs> I asked fa- you to breathe in? They said breathe in the swab, too, to help it go further. Mm. Um, yeah, it was terrible. So, like, as even before the swab went up my nose, I apologized in advance because I knew that was going to be one of my worst <laughs> gagging sounds yeah. ever and it certainly was i i think that doctor would be happy if he never saw me again <laughs> i got tested for covid three times bro. oh fuck it dude. was horrible every time the swab i hate the swab i hate things going in orifices of my face yeah i don't like it i don't like it but uh speaking of orifices in your face did you consume any media through your eye holes my eye holes, I I gobbled a few tasty snacks you with did? my eye holes. What'd you gobble? I, okay, so um, on Monday, this is my more exciting gobbledy gobble. Um, I got to see the French Dispatch hey. um, in Little Rock. It was delightful. Um, and oh my gosh, yeah, I, I really loved this. I think that uh, 
Isle of Dogs was a little bit of a disappointment for me because I expected fantastic Mr. Fox levels of quality. Right. And I do think it was a very entertaining um, movie, but I think in terms of Wes Anderson, it felt a little bit blander. For sure. Um, and, and, and the characters felt a lot weaker than normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very happy to report that um, French Dispatch, it, it, it's a bit of a new direction for him because it's more like an anthology movie really Mm -hmm. because it follows um these different articles um in this fictional newspaper and uh it's it's inspired by wes anderson and jason schwartzman's like favorite real life articles and they've just tried to make a new story based around some of their favorite journalist like articles and it's very cool um it's very interesting and it's very um entertaining and fresh like this is wes anderson playing around with visuals like in such a creative way like there's a lot of cool things with aspect ratio and color change in this movie that Mm -hmm. i loved you know and it totally plays into the themes of the movie you know it's got like this idea of the past and the ideas of the future and that's often explored in color and god it looks really cool and i and i will say this um, people accuse Wes Anderson of celebrity stunt casting a lot of the times, but I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find any um, actor in this movie who is miscast or not giving it all for their role. Mm-hmm. Like my God, everyone is knocking it out of the park. Like Benicio del Toro is amazing. Oh. Uh, Adrian Brody is fucking fantastic in it. Timothy Chalamet, uh, you know he's in everything right now, but right. he's good. Mm-hmm. He's great. That's why he's in everything. Francis McDormand, who I always mm. love. Jeffrey Wright, who's, you know, getting his due in Hollywood right now. Right. This is a very... Oh, and Edward Norton is in a mm-hmm. tiny role. Fucking great. Bill Murray in a very tiny role. Great. Like, all of Wes Anderson's frequent collaborators are here. Mm-hmm. But he, he lets this movie be a shine on, you know, some of the newer stars mm-hmm. to the Wes Anderson universe, you know? And I, I think that's a really cool aspect of it. Um, I really loved French Dispatch. Did you? Uh, did you get to experience any? I I have a second movie. I can't remember what it is, so I have to letterbox it. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I've been on a movie binge <clears throat> this past week. I started it off with uh, No Time to Die. It uh, came out. You can rent. I rented it for twenty dollars. Oh. Uh, I shouldn't have done that, but because um, <laughs> you're, you're not that big of a James uh, Bond fan, right? yeah. Not, but I was really excited to watch this movie, and I was really bored. And I saw that it was available to rent like 19.99, and I thought, you know, fuck it, sure. Uh, so I went ahead and spent the money to rent it, and it was a good time. I enjoyed it. It's, yeah. uh, I think it's better than Spectre. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. So I guess how I'll. I'll I don't want to say too much about it that hasn't already been said. I will say, why the fuck was Anna de Armas only in 10, 15 minutes of this thing? She was literally the best part of it. Um, I don't like the new Bond. Um, oh, the new 007? The new 007, I mean. Really? Yeah. She just, she just comes off as an asshole, and she has like no redeeming quality about her in that fucking movie. And I'm like, y'all are going to have to impress me a little bit more if we're going to go forward with this character she's not meant to be like the next james bond well right well she's i don't know it seems like they were leaning towards that i don't know no they're 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 looking for the next james bond 007 isn't necessarily james bond right but james bond has frequently been 007 but they're like gonna start the search next year for a new actor i gotcha um and i think that what daniel craig said about not um you know making james bond a woman uh because it you know women should have better roles like i think that's kind of the view that they're taking when Mm -hmm. casting the new bond i think it's still gonna be a man uh the only thing i think that might happen is maybe they'll um you know, allow maybe an actor of a different race to play mm. James Bond. You know, James Bond's always been a white Englishman, right. but um, you know, have been championing Idris Elba as of it, late. Yeah, Idris Elba's always been like a contender. Um, a lot of people are saying Tom Hiddleston um, might be a good fit. I think he's a little bit old now yeah. for the role. I, I hope they find a twenty-year-old. You know, someone <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. pretty young. Because that would be cool. I I would like to see the character get younger again. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, then that makes sense, um, I guess. I just... 
I enjoyed Anna de Armas' character way more than I did uh, hers. I don't know the actress's name. Um, uh, God so help me. Um, I, I, I can't I can't remember I the actresses other than <clears throat> Anna de Armas. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so I guess my James Bond ranking is going to be Skyfall, Casino, uh, No Time, uh, Qua- or Spectre, and then Quantum. Yeah. Uh, Quantum being the worst. So, yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um what else did you watch before I go into my fucking parade of film? Oh, yeah. I'll just get them both out of the way. I, I had two rewatches. I, I rewatched Arrival, Fuck which yeah. was, um, God, still a five out of five. I, I love that movie. I think it's fucking flawless. I think um, that's what got me hooked on Denis. And um, he might be a strong contender for my favorite of his. I don't know. It and Blade Runner 2049 mm. like are in constant warring battles with each other like i think the sci-fi nerd like the cyberpunk kind of loving guy in me always wants to take me to 2049 but i think like the movie he's going to be remembered for will be a rival like i feel like that has universal appeal that Mm -hmm. blade runner 2049 doesn't have which i think that's why it bombed at the box office it's just like that's for a specific group of nerds it's like the top quality of what you can do for that group but it's niche for sure, mm-hmm. um, and, and I mean that's the same with the original Blade Runner. So I, I, yeah, yeah. I you can't really be surprised that it didn't do well um, in theaters. But uh, Arrival still flawless. I love every performance in that movie. I love the mm-hmm. writing, perfect. Um, and then I also rewatched Lady Bird, which I also think just has pitch perfect casting, fantastic writing, fantastic direction. Like I think Greta Gerwig is just one of the funniest and most talented talented directors slash writers like working um i will say that i see this now more as a stepping stone for the heights she hits in uh, little women yeah i think that little women is the better movie all around Mm -hmm. and it's able to carry a lot of the frenetic energy of ladybird and a lot of the great comedy moments and fantastic performance and put that into a period piece like i think little women is probably the most entertaining period piece yeah. to come out in years for sure. it, like to make that subject not boring to modern audiences is fantastic and also it just still retains that sharp edge i i know this was supposed to be about ladybird but now it just has me thinking <laughs> i need to rewatch little, little women. women yeah um so yeah greta gerwig I, I fully trust her with whatever she wants to do she's making a barbie movie now <laughs> yeah with margot rob margot robbie and, and and fucking ryan gosling as ken I, I'll just say I'm interested, and yeah. I'll, I'll be in the theaters when it comes out, for, for sure. sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, you had a whole uh, film festival yes. worth yeah. of stuff uh, this <laughs> weekend. I, I, yeah, I stalk you on Letterboxd, so <laughs> I can prepare for some of the conversations we might have. But yeah. what's what's next on your watch list? Um, so after I watched No Time to Die, I immediately watched um, Titan, Julia Docker. Do- the de, de Kernel, how you say her? The the, the French, the the French uh, lady. I think it's de Kernel, de Kernel. I don't, I don't. Julia. Okay, listen, Julia. Julia she made a new movie. All right? Julia. She made Raw. <clears throat> now she has made Titan. Yes. You uh, may remember the praise I had for Raw like uh, a few weeks ago when I watched it. Raw is fucking fantastic. So I was really excited to watch Titan. I still haven't seen Raw. I want to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of it because it's got such um, body horror. Yeah. And that's something that honestly scares me about watching Titan is like, oh, it do should. I have the stomach for it? I, I wonder. I So Titan is just Raw. Uh, well, I'm not going to say it's just Raw. Like they're two completely different stories. But in terms of like the body horror, uh, Titan is Raw cranked up to a hundred like oh, it's fucking nightmarish bro um i i will say uh i like raw better i feel like when it comes to titan you're either in two camps you you feel raw hit uh better and titan just didn't or you feel titan is just like what you said with greta gerwig it's you know raw was the stepping stones to hit titan i, I don't necessarily think so titan's got some interesting themes that it's exploring mainly um, what I got out of it was, you know, transitioning um, like genders and stuff and like gender fluidity, uh, which is which is I mean, the way she did it. It's, it's fucking cool as hell. And it's a really funny movie as well. Uh, there's a lot of humor in it, um, <clears throat> but um, it's just a little 
too weird and a little too uh honestly i've never fucking said this but i I mean i'm gonna be honest the at least the first 30 minutes it's a little too violent for me um just because it's like you're trying to understand why this character is so violent and and when you get to the end of the movie and when you like when you're what as you're watching as it's going on you're like kind of like okay but I, I feel like the, the the thirty first thirty minutes of the movie is like a tolerance test for you. Mm. It's like, are you really going to finish watching this? And it, and it really shouldn't be because the rest of the movie is not like the first half hour. But I mean, the first half hour is so, you know, unrelentingly cruel, like to like all every like character. And it's just, I will say though, the last five minutes, my mouth was just agape. I was in at utter disbelief at this fucking film. Um, but it's good, I'll say that. But I will say I think she Raw is a much more contained, focused story. Titan, she's dealing with a bunch of themes and she's trying to tackle a bunch of different subjects. And for me, it just doesn't, you know, hit as well as it did in her previous work. But she won the Palm d'Or for Titan, which that's she's the second woman to do so since uh, the piano with uh, Jane, Jane Campion, yeah. which I was really excited for. So good for her. Uh, good for you, Julia. If you're listening, yeah, and this this <laughs> film definitely has an audience. It's got a lot of five star um, yes. reviews on yes. Letterbox, a lot of uh, ten out of ten A plus reviews out mm-hmm. there. Um, it seems like it's one that you either love or it's not for you. you yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I'll, I'll maybe catch it sometime yeah. when I when I stomach uh, when I get the courage. <laughs> Right, I would definitely, I would definitely try Raw first. Okay, uh, and see if you can stomach Raw, then you can probably do Titan. But if you just can't do Raw, you you might want to like I don't know, look up with parts to skip in Titan mm. or something like that. But yeah, um, then I watched uh, this is one that I've been meaning to watch for a while. Uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh fuck yeah! Um, it, it was fucking hilarious. I'm so mad that I waited this long to watch it. It was, uh, it was interesting because it's like you could definitely feel taika watiti in this you know a lot of uh um what's the word uh i forgot the word it's losing me uh when it's not script improvise there's a, yeah it seems like there's some improv uh in some of the act and a lot of the scenes and stuff yeah and i mean he's literally in it he's literally yeah, in yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like his humor is like un like I guess in his other works like Jojo Rabbit and Thor Ragnarok, they're big studio films, so he may have had to dial him back a little bit. But what yeah. we do in the shadows is just pure Taika, man. I mean, it's him all the way. It's whatever the fuck he wanted to do, and it's it's fucking hilarious. And I, I really enjoyed it. It's um, it was a really fun movie. Yeah, um, Jermaine Clement, who co-wrote and co-directed the movie, he's one of my favorite comedians. Like, he has a New Zealand band, Flight of the Concords, that has been very popular for a while. And that's actually how Taika Waititi got his start, was directing episodes of that show. So I think just, like, two of my favorite Kiwi um, comedians, like, getting together. This this movie's really so funny. Like, I... Like, gotta be maybe my favorite mockumentary movie out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I just... I think that New Zealand humor, like so much of it, is based in how silly they sound. <laughs> yeah. So this movie is full of great tidbits. Like there's one line, there's a gang of werewolves that have <laughs> sworn off swearing. So, yeah. Like when anyone curses, they're like, "We're werewolves, not swearwolves." <laughs> yeah, we're werewolves. <laughs> the the werewolves bit, the werewolf bits were like probably the best. I mm-hmm. think. Um, I also really like Peter, uh, the Nosferatu like vampire yeah. that we keep in the basement. Uh, that shit was funny. Lots of fun tributes to like vampire media <clears throat> yeah, in this movie. For Very sure. Loving. Um, then I watched Mississippi Burning. Oh, I wanted to watch that. Yeah. Um, Hackman and Hackman who? and Defoe. Mm. Um, he yeah he is Defoe in this movie. Um, I mean classic 80s race movie i don't know what else to say man i mean a little white saviory oh okay so uh, you know um not as bad as other movies i will say i think people give mississippi burning a lot of shit because it doesn't uh stick to the historical accuracy of what actually happened they stick to it for the most part but at the same time it's got those kind of white savior trope but 
I will say, I really don't think it's as bad as shit even like something like Green Book. It's not even as bad as. Mm. And for that, I have to applaud it because I feel like they they at least took some care. The only thing I, I wish every black person in this movie is shown as looking like lifeless and like their eyes are shooting daggers into you. And I get, you know, this community, they were afraid basically they couldn't trust anybody the police the any white people and i get that certain like anger they had but they're shown as just complete they're framed as if they're like wild animals and it's really not cool uh, how they're framed um but I, I the best thing about this movie honestly is hackman and and defoe i mean they are electric together i i don't know of another movie they're in together but i want to fucking see it because it was the best part of the movie to mm. be honest so, um, and then I watched Unicorn Store um, with Brie Larson. It was Brie Larson's uh, directorial debut, I think. Unicorn yeah, Store yeah, was? I think yeah. so. Um, they did it right after Captain Marvel, right? Uh, yes. You good? Yeah, sorry, I had to check something. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, yeah, they did it right after Captain Marvel. It's it's a cute film. It's kind of all over the place, stretch release, like story-wise. Um, but I think... Uh, Brie Larson's not a bad director, I don't think. I th- it's got the production design. All the actors are great. Um, it's just the story that lacks a little bit. I think she, you know, I don't know if she wrote it, um, but it's, uh, let me actually check real quick since I'm here. Uh, it, I think it was someone else. I think it was, it. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, I don't think she wrote it. But I'd be interested if she ever wrote a film, you know, to see what, you know, that would be like. But yeah, it was cute. Um, and then... Ooh, I finally caught Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, I, I didn't realize you hadn't seen it yet. No, I, I was waiting basically for it to come to Disney+. Plus. Um, What's there now? How is it? It's it's good. I mean... Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know okay. what to say that everybody anybody else hasn't already said about it. It's, it's just fine, you know? Like, um, the, you know, Simu Lu... And and uh, the the villain I can't remember that guy's name. Um, uh, the actor's name I mean. Tony. Tony Leung. Yeah, Leung. Leung. Yeah. Something. Okay, they're all great. Like even Aquafina is is pretty. I I enjoyable. like her a lot in I, this yeah. comic relief role. I, For yeah, sure, that she's um, really good. I just you know it's just uh, the story. It just kills me. The story is a little bit half-assed. It seems uh, even though it, it, everybody seemed to have shown up and shown out. You know, like everything's good in that department but uh one thing i will say the visual effects are for marvel are getting to the point it's it's worse and worse man it's getting to the point where i can notice that these actors are standing in front of a green screen oh, and damn. that they have completely you know made everything with with cgi it's just it's it's getting a, abysmal for me like i don't know like yeah, the movie was fun. I, I was very, very surprised to see that there's actually a lot more um, subtitles in the movie than what I was expecting. They decide to speak uh, Mandarin a lot in this film, and uh, that was cool to see. Um, but other than that, I, I just don't have anything to add, you know? It's it's a Marvel film, so... Yeah, it, it's pretty run-of-the-mill. Feels like it could have been a lot better, maybe if it were... A different studio, you know. It yeah. just feels kind of limited by the For Marvel sure. restrictions. Yeah, um, yeah. And then right after that, I uh, watched Jungle Cruise, um, which is also just okay. It's it's a little shitty, yeah, but I like adventure movies, and so this yeah. gave me my little adventure fill. Um, and I mean, like I, I said in my Letterbox review, like there are worse things you could be watching, honestly, like. I know a lot of people just completely ripped this movie apart, but I'm like, man, you know it's target audience. You know it's Disney. For what it is, I had some fun with it, for sure. Yeah. They're not trying to impress anyone. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Um, and then, so these last three movies probably were my, well, not my favorite. These uh, A couple of these were probably my favorite watches of um, the week, and that was Nomadland. Uh, was amazing. Finally got around to watching mm. it. I fucking loved it. I'm going to have to go back and, and watch the rest of Chloe Zhao's work. 
because um, she killed it in this. I think it rightly deserved the Best Picture Oscar. I'm not really? gonna lie. I I fucking loved it. I think it's great. I thought it, I thought it was pretty boring. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I I I mean, I really wanted to like it a lot more than I did. I mean, I I think Frances McDormand was brilliant in mm-hmm. it as always, and I I think it had a really strong start. I just really lost me as it went on. I don't know. I I I should probably revisit it though with updated expectations. You know. Yeah, well, it seems like one of those. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I thought because when I started watching, I was like, "Oh, Isaac said this was pretty boring," and I'm like, "I hope it's, I hope it's not." But then I found myself completely enthralled, and I was like, "Wow, this is a nice surprise." I actually, I actually fucking love this, um, and I'm glad it won because I mean, God, it was it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, then I watched Passing. Have you have you heard of this new film on no. Netflix called Passing? It's Rebecca Hall's directorial debut. And it's about this, uh, in 1920s New York, this uh, black woman uh, runs into her friend who is passing for white. And she's married to a white man. Um, and she basically like inserts herself into uh, her life, um, the woman that's passing for white does. Um, and it's just like this drama it's like a, it's a, it's a it's a drama. It's just purely a drama, but it's it's shot in the four three aspect ratio and it's in black and white. And it's probably the best use of black and white that I've seen. And it, like it's completely justified um, to use black and white. Maybe not the aspect ratio. I'm not entirely sold on the aspect ratio being the box, you know. But the black and white definitely the correct pick for this. Um, and the production design and, and every and the performances are absolutely nomination worthy. Um, Ruth Nega and uh, or Nega, I'm sorry, how do you say that? I think it's Nega. Nega, okay, and uh, Tessa Thompson, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're on fire here. Like performances are fucking great. I just think that is it is an incredibly boring movie. Uh, like the first 10, 15 minutes are cool. The middle hour is just fucking abysmal. I just I had to stop watching it and go get something to eat and do something else and come back to it. I mean. It's not really got a score. It's got one jazz song that it plays. To like It's like a cue for some themes in the movie. It's annoying as hell, I think. And just a little bit too long, I think. It's an hour and 40 minutes. If it was an hour and 20 minutes, I feel like it would be more mm. digestible. But for a directorial debut for Rebecca Hall, it's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, I would definitely, definitely give your fucking watch count on Netflix to this instead of Red Notice. Uh, we don't want more shit like with Dwayne Johnson blowing up shit. We want we want shit like passing because even though I think it's boring, I think it's really important because one, it's directed by a woman. It's, you know, it got an important fucking message. It's got an interesting message, right? It's like the, one of the most original films I've seen in a long time. Uh, and Damn. Netflix needs to put more shit like that out. It's very interesting to watch, I will say. Um, so one of the most original, really, and it's two and a, it's what's well, uh an hour and forty five minutes, I think. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, no, I was saying it's a two and a half star rating. I'm oh yeah, like, wow. I mean, you got to feel pretty strongly about wanting more movies like this <laughs> if you, you know, excuse that you don't like it as much. Well, yeah, no, I f- I feel like it, it, it. We do need more movies like this. It's like I feel like it's like sh- this doesn't feel like a first time director, and it is. It's Rebecca Hall, like. It's amazing what she's done here. I just think that she needs to hone the story. Like, I don't know, man. It's just, mm. it, it, it kind of made me scratch my head, but I do think that this is the right direction to go, you know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then lastly, last night I watched Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes. That dude, he's a little crazy, not going to lie, man. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm not going to say that i was thoroughly entertained when i watched <laughs> killing of a sacred deer my favorite review on letterboxd of that movie so far it was like me it drenched in sweat where the fuck was the deer <laughs> it's like, yeah <laughs> it's um it's an it's a panic inducing movie bro the way it's shot like with all the slow zooms and the pans and yeah. just like the camera is constantly moving even though the characters aren't like oh fucking it's it's brilliantly, brilliantly shot, and the story is weird as hell, but also, I mean, really good. Um, it's just like, 
Yorgos like hit this is the peak of like Yorgos's uh aesthetic with like the deadpan humor, just deadpan everything pretty much. Um and it's highly enjoyable. The last ten minutes though are fucking nightmarish. I mean mm-hmm. ugh. But yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It is very disturbing. It mm-hmm. is very um you know, slow burny. Uh yeah. and, and I mean it pays off. Mm-hmm. Uh for sure, and its climax, like it's, I I will say it's very memorable, um, and and that kind of describes all of his filmography. But I I will say that I like the balance between weirdness and like accessibility mm-hmm. that he struck in something like The Favorite. Like, yeah, I think that's got to be my favorite Yorgos Lanthimos movie, just uh just because it's got a lot of fun energy to it. Like, I, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that movies have to be fun by any means. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah me as a viewer like i like that you know right I, I like a little bit of fun yeah for sure i um the only uh well i mean he has other films but his four main ones that everybody the favorite killing of a sacred deer um the lobster and Dogtooth. Yeah. i've yet to watch Dogtooth, me either but i think so far out of the three that i have seen um i really fucking love the favorite um, and I probably need to rewatch it. And I would say the favorite would also be my favorite Yorgos movie. But I think Killing is probably my favorite right now. I think Killing okay. of a Sacred Deer is probably my favorite of his films. Um, the Lobster I really liked. It's just it's so cruel, and it's so you, that that movie honestly is a is a is just a fucking pain. Yeah. Like it's just really sad and really like there's. No silver lining in the lobster. Like, even though it's a comedy, it's fucking depressing as hell. And that's what makes me not, you know, like it as much as like something like The Favorite. The Favorite's dark too, but mm-hmm. I don't know. The characters in The Favorite are more just, yeah. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, and also because uh, fucking Emma Stone yeah. uh, is Emma amazing in that, movie. in that movie. But yeah. So that was my, uh, that was my binge. I'm going to watch more tonight. Damn. Okay. I, I feel I feel inspired to watch something for sure tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I you know I have free reign of <laughs> picking. I'll probably pick something that I don't think Ken would want to watch with me. Um, I might. Well, if we're still thinking about doing a thing next week, mm-hmm. I might rewatch a certain J movie. Um, a in preparation. J movie. Yeah, J movie. Um, you know, with a with a. Oh yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, I might have to. I might have to revisit that as well. We might just have to. Oh, I feel like though, if we're gonna go that direction, and this is gonna give it away for our film buff audience, but <laughs> I might want to rewatch Taxi Driver and um, oh yeah, see King of Comedy because oh, I still please. haven't seen King of Comedy. Please, I actually should probably just rent that. You mm. know what? Uh, my movie is Fucking. picked for the evening. I'm gonna do King of Comedy tonight. Do it. I yeah. can't wait to know what you think about it. Mm. Like I, I th- it's one of my favorite Scorsese films right now. It's so fucking good. Fuck yeah! I love King of Comedy. It's nearly a, it's it's a goddamn near perfect movie for me, bro. It's it's really really good. I was sold when I saw Karsten gave it like five stars, and he was like, "This is a perfect movie." And then I was like, "Okay, Karsten," and I watched it, and I was like, "No, he's right. This is like a for a fucking perfect. Movie. <laughs> I love this. It's so good." Um, but yeah. It's choice, love. It's choice. It's choice. Well, yeah, we are we are approaching our one year anniversary of doing the podcast. Yes. Next week, we uh, you know, we want to have a kind of a big event episode. So we're gonna try and um, you know, resolve some long running bits. Yes. Uh, maybe talk just about like the experience. I don't know. We'll we'll. We can probably do a Twitter poll or something. Oh, yeah. See what you guys want to see from us. I was going to say we could do like a Twitter questionnaire. Yeah, yeah. Responses. We could do another Q&A. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be pretty special. I know yeah. that it's weird to hear us speculating about it on the <laughs> podcast. But you can always respond afterwards. Oh, yes, please. Even if we don't put up a poll. Just tell us what you want to see. I, I'm i feeling like maybe this is the length of the episode here. It, it might be... <laughs> It might be a record short one. I don't know. What are you feeling, I Casey? mean, yeah, if you don't have anything uh, else to say. I mean, we didn't really... Uh, um, we had an idea for this week, but that kind of fell apart. So yeah. uh, we were just like, yeah, we can ramble. But I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything important happening uh, that we need to mention. Because 
I feel like there was... We never talked about the uh, Alec Baldwin tragedy, and so I'm like, oh, well, you yeah. know, when something like that happens, we need to mention it on the podcast just as a talking point. Um, I guess now that, though, I guess we can mention that real quick. I was using yeah. that as an example, but uh, fucking hell, that's um, really sad what happened. Um, I guess now we have all the information. Um, we do. Well, we have a great deal of it. We, deal I of think it, yeah. uh, the thing that is going to develop the most is obviously like who is going to be held legally responsible yeah. for the tragedy. Um, it, it just sounds like a mess. Like the rust production has been apparently very unsafe for a while. Um, the camera crew had just quit before this incident. Um, we have an armorer who's fairly new to the craft. We have uh, an assistant director who had previously been involved with the movie that had an onset accident. Mm, There's just yeah. a lot of factors behind this movie that was kind of, you know, gonna always lead to some kind of disaster. It's just the fact that it's something this tragic and yeah. this fucking horrible that led to the end of somebody's life like that's mm-hmm. that's horrible this is so preventable and this is yeah. the first time it's happened since the crow uh brandon yeah. lee uh bruce lee's son was killed on that movie set because of a, another live round of ammunition or, or or maybe even it was just a blank yeah it was it was enough to kill him right whatever projectile fired out of the gun yeah um and i mean that's the thing is this was like a revolver too yeah it has different film standards and the only two incidents that have happened that have ended with a death have been uh around a revolver being used a prop revolver so i don't know and also um another terrible fact in all of this is apparently uh some of the crew set up a live gun range near the set and they used prop weapons and they would load them with live ammunition and and people aren't properly checking like it wasn't alec baldwin's duty right to check the gun yeah let's let's get let's get the record straight here y'all i see a lot of fucking shitheads on twitter talking about send alec baldwin to prison there is a there is a a chain of command uh, I guess really command wouldn't be the words. There's a chain. Uh, there's some things that need to happen before a gun, a, a prop gun, reaches an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and on sets, actors aren't responsible for that. Uh, it's the armorer. And in, in this point, in this case, I heard also the AD uh, was held a little bit uh, responsible. The first AD was yeah. uh, the one that is supposed to check the gun as well before it's handed off to the actor. Um, and in both instances, it said it was... Uh, um, what's the what's the term they use? I left my head. Um, uh, all clear, or uh, there's a, something to refer to the fact that like the gun cold. Is, it's cold. Yeah, they it's a cold, cold cold gun, and it uh, wasn't. <laughs> that means yeah, there's no live ammunition in it, yeah. and there was live ammunition in it. So if someone fucked up there, mm-hmm. they didn't actually do the check mm-hmm. that they were supposed to. Um, yeah, this is something that's really disappointing about this tragedy is that. You know, conservative pundits were really quick to jump on Alec Baldwin on Twitter and, you know, shit talk him for his previous um, talks on gun control and ending gun violence, you know, turning it into a political spectacle really quickly. Like, oh, look at this fucking hypocrite. Send him to jail. Mm -hmm. In no way is Alec Baldwin. um, This is just my personal opinion on it anyway. Like, obviously, he could be held legally responsible depending on what the court or what judge is presiding over this case but um i don't think he should be i think that his responsibility in this incident is very minimal it's clearly more of a weapons problem than alec baldwin's fault it's just very unfortunate that he was the one holding the weapon when it discharged and you know ended um the 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 dp's life yeah yeah yeah. helena hutchins the dp um very sad that uh, she was the one, and then the director even got wounded. Yeah, That's... yeah, he got hurt. Like the bullet passed through her. Yeah, and hit, and him. hit him in like the shoulder or something. Which, That's God, crazy. that's got to be extra traumatizing. Dude. Yeah, I I don't know if this movie will get finished. To I be doubt it. I highly doubt it. This is this sounds like something that would absolutely kill it, and it's that's cursed. so unfortunate <laughs> that uh, 
you know, people put in work that ended their lives yeah. on this fucking movie. And it'll probably never be released or be released in a bit of a messy state, you mm-hmm. know? Definitely. Yeah, absolute tragedy, though. Yeah. That that It's awful. We gotta, um, we gotta take the right uh, safety standards to yeah. protect film crews. I mean, they we gotta do. quit that shit. This uh, half-assery that goes on mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of sets, and uh, or just every half-assery that goes on in every major production, whether it be film, music, or you know, theater, whatever. There's still a lot of it, and it's really fucking stupid that mm-hmm. we have to act like children still, and people have to lose their lives for it, and. Uh, we're supposed to be making art, people. Yeah. Quit fucking around. It's really infuriating. But, um, yeah. Um, man, yeah, I don't think anything else has happened, man. No, yeah, it's been kind of a slow week. Yeah. No releases, really. I mean, unless you were hoping to catch Clifford the Big Red Your Dog, dog yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Um, that's looking <laughs> just about what you'd expect it to be. Yeah. I, I'm not going to fucking see it so. <laughs> that's uh, okay with me so yeah it, it, it was just kind of a slow week and i didn't yeah. really watch that much and you didn't catch that much in our our original topic did fall through but we will hit you guys up with a topic soon and next yeah. week next week's yeah, gonna be a banger gonna be special it's gonna be real special so so load up your special meters your special it, meters and, and you get ready boy boy <laughs> or girl or uh you know them you know or you know really whatever you identify as i i respect you and i hear you and that is what i call you by now all right sounds good yeah well okay well uh y'all uh i will be dropping stuff on twitter probably when this episode comes out so please respond whatever it is whatever the question whatever the poll respond and your response will be featured in next week's episode. Whatever it is. Don't know, but you will be. You, the fan, the listener. Thank you for viewers like you. All right. Smash that motherfucking like button and see us fucking next week. This is where the dubstep intro plays out. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna go ahead and end it before you ask me to have another conversation with the vampire.